If God asked you, what yes, he, he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? What would you say? Do you, do you know? Then say his name. Just call his name. What is his name? What is his name? Do you really know it? Then say his name. Just call his name. What is his name? What is his name? Do you really know it? Then say his name. Just call his name. Our Father, Alpha and Omega, first and the last, beginning and the ending. Lily of the valley, bright and morning star, rose of Sharon, lion of Judah. What is his name? What is his name? Do you really know it? Then say his name. Just call his name. What is his name? What is his name? Do you really know it? Then say his name. Just call his name. Oh, him, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikhanu, What do you call him? Hey, Street Disciples. I'm so glad that you came back. It is Messiah Monday here in Holy Week. I am so excited. I am so glad about it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But it was on a Monday. 
when the Lord went into the house of the Lord. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I don't know. According to the story, it was only a few people glad about it. <laughs> we are going to talk about it. We are going to talk about the things that Jesus did on that Monday. Now, the record shows that he only did four things. Um, and those four things that he did were so amazing. Four is the number of creative work. Each of the things that Jesus did, he was on a whole nother level with it. The first thing that he does on the Monday is go into the temple and cleanse the temple, turn over the money tables. Like he went and told that church up. <laughs> he told it up. And then Matthew, Mark, um, Matthew and Mark, uh, they describe Jesus cursing a fig tree. And that at first, when I first read it, I was like, ah, you curse a fig tree. Okay, big deal. But when I look back at that thing, <laughs> man, he cursed a fig tree. <laughs> and then the record shows that John, re he doesn't record the cursing of the fig tree. He doesn't record Jesus um, cleansing the temple. What John records is two events that none of the other gospels record. So we get our two from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John gives us two other situations. Uh, he describes and records Jesus speaking with certain Greek man when they had, you know, questions of faith. And then Jesus answers their questions and rebukes them. Well, rebukes unbelief. Uh, that's, listen, you don't want to be rebuked by Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's not, no, we get mad when the, the other saints and, and the other disciples rebuke us. But when Jesus rebuke you, what do you do? Oh my God. And it's just Monday. <laughs> Listen, you can find these scriptures. You can find uh, the synopsis of Monday in Matthew 21, 12 through 19. You can also find it in Mark 1, verse 5 through 19. Then you can find it in Luke 19, verses 45 and 48. Luke only wrote three, three verses. <laughs> Come on, Luke. <laughs> and John gives his Monday account in John 12, verses 20 through 50. Now, he he told some stuff. Go, go and read John sometime. We're going to look at this thing from um, the point of view of Matthew. Now, if you want to go through John's perspective, leave me a voice message and say, I want to know. I want to know what those two other accounts that John wrote about. Just just leave a voice message and I ask. In 
reading Matthew, I saw that there were four requirements of discipleship. Number one is sanctification. Number two is evangelism. Number three is proper positioning. And number four, you got to play defense. (laughs) So I hope you got your heart, your mind, and your soul right. Because it's time for us to dig deep. Because we need this. And we're back. Let's get into Messiah Monday. Uh, First, let's recap Hosanna Sunday. So Jesus enters in the city of Jerusalem and the Pharisees are seeing and asking questions. The people are going crazy. It's the Holy Ghost party. (laughs) And Pentecost ain't even happened yet. And as he enters into the city, he weeps, according to Luke. And he cries because He knows that he's coming for the people and they're not even going to recognize that he is their king because the same one screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, will soon be saying, crucify him. So he weeps. And so before he heads back to Bethany, what he does is goes down to the temple. He goes to the temple and he looks around and then he leaves. So now here we are on Monday and Jesus is back. He comes back and he enters into the temple and he sees what's going on and and he turns over the tables. Now, it's very important that we realize that Jesus was not in the wrong for what he did. First of all, he was in the right because this was their second chance. He stopped by on Sunday and saw what they were doing and he left. He gave them another chance. On Monday, he like, okay, when I go into this temple, I know they still ain't going to be doing the things that they was doing. And he gets there and there they are, the money changers, the The money changers have overrun the temple and and Jesus is like, I gave them another chance and this is what they doing. I've had enough. It's time to flip this table over (laughs) and Jesus, he turns over the table. First of all, we all need to thank him for a second chance. We're sitting up here praying to God and asking God, please don't forget about me. Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Lord, would you bless me? Lord, stop by here. You know how many times he has stopped by? This shows us he stopped by on Sunday and nobody said nothing. He stopped by on Monday and, and now it's in an uproar. He gave them a second chance. Thank you, God, for your second chances. He's been stopped by our house. He's been to our bedroom. But the question is, what would Jesus find when he stops by to visit you? Oh, my goodness. He he stopped by the church again and he saw the money changers. He saw them. He saw what they were doing. And this is where sanctification comes into play. Jesus He requires a purification of the temple, not just the sacred building of the temple. But remember, our bodies are a temple. We're the temple that houses the Holy Spirit. And this temple must be made clean. We must come out from amongst them. Sanctification really means just setting apart. Be in the world, but not of the world. you live here, but you don't do as they do. You walk the and live the life that Christ uh, commanded us. And when we come 
to sanctification. Sanctification is rude. <laughs> sanctification, when that process comes through, it doesn't ask you, are you ready to be sanctified? Are you ready to be made clean? Are you ready to be cleansed from all the things that have defiled you? It asks your permission. It comes through like a force. It tears up everything. It flips over tables. It, it makes you feel like your life is in shambles when really all God's doing is sanctifying you. He's cutting off things that are dead. He's cutting off bad influences. He's cutting off even those relatives that... They don't really love you. Like, like <laughs> it's sad to say, but there are people that will be used by the enemy and they're very close to you. As we get to later on in the week, we will see that. How one of the disciples who, who was part of the inner circle was the one to betray. You must sanctify yourself. Sometimes sanctifying means isolation. It, it means a quarantine within a quarantine. Um, you must separate yourself. Even Jesus, after he had done miracles, signs, wonders, and blessings, there were times he separated himself from the people and from the disciples. You got to get some me time with the Lord. That's the sanctification. You must be purified. We must be purified. <laughs> we must be holy for he is holy. And this is Holy Week. <laughs> and this is just the Monday. And, and Jesus is commanding. His actions are saying, it's time out for playing like we are disciples. And it's time to truly live like disciples. Um, cut off the addictions. Cut off. Many of the times we're oppressed by things because we refuse to let it go. We're so used to being hurt that we always expect there to be hurt. And then we hold on to the baggage of people who have hurt us. And then when you come and encounter new people, you got all this baggage, like Erica Badu said, you the bag lady, and, and you missing your bus, you missing your opportunity because you won't cut it off, you won't drop it, you won't purify yourself. That's why when certain people you're not friends with them or you don't communicate with them, why it seems like your life gets better because you need to cut it off, sanctify yourself. Some of these relationships were just for a season. And here we are fighting the will of God, trying to make him a lifetime. He's trying to show us who the true connection should be with. And a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. <laughs> and to gain friends, you must show yourself friendly. Jesus is had enough. He's like, you know what? This church, oh my goodness. Enough is enough. It's time to be made clean, whether you want to or not. It is a season of sanctification. This is where you must focus. The reason why you feel like you can't get stuff accomplished is because you're putting time and energy in things that are dead, that things that are a waste of time. If you will cut off and sanctify yourself from those things that bring the spirit 
of lethargy, the spirit of procrastination, then you will be more productive. You'll find you'll have more funds to invest in yourself or whatever it is that you're trying to do is sanctify yourself. <laughs> set yourself apart set a standard spiritually you have standards that you set when you're dating or when you have a job or the place that you live set a spiritual standard for yourself you cannot um trying to be an eagle and you're flying with pigeons that's a whole nother aptitude my pastor says that all the time and it speaks volumes to me like Sanctification, the reason for sanctification is because there's something that God is trying to do for your benefit, but you cannot keep, um, you can't keep the bad things that have you in that desperate time as a disciple. Lord, please, Hosanna, save us to where when he comes, you don't recognize that he's moving. We must not be attached to things that are that are uh, natural, but be attached to things that are eternal. We must nurture our spiritual relationship because whether you know it or not, there is a spiritual war and you want to be a strong soldier in the army of the Lord. So you must uh, cut off your weaknesses, <laughs> your distractions, uh, your bad influences and your habits. You got to cut it off in the name of Jesus. Find that thing. Block that thing. <laughs> Market spam likely on that thing. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, so that you can go forth and be great in God and walk in your purpose. The setting apart, they wasn't ready. We see that they weren't ready. <laughs> they weren't ready for Jesus to come in, even though they had been praying for, for the king to come. When the king showed up, he showed out <laughs> and they were not ready. And so what he does when they're in an uproar, of course, somebody come in quote unquote, disrespect your house, you're going to have something to say. And so Jesus declares, and when he speaks in this like manner, he's speaking in authority. He says, and the record shows it. <laughs> I want it to be read so you can see it and hear it in the name of Jesus. Verse 13, he says, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. You have to understand that you must declare in this spiritual battle, the weapons of our warfare are not common. So you must, uh, to battle something spiritual, you must speak the things that are spiritual. He said, it is written. That's always Jesus' defense. It is written. And that should be your defense. When you speak to the mountain, you got to tell them what the word of God says. You fight a lie with the truth. And the word of God is the living truth. He is the way, the truth, and the light. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. He is the truth. Speak it. And you can... Um, Get yourself together in the name of Jesus. You have to know. You got to know. This is where evangelism is because you're proclaiming the things of God. You're proclaiming the word of God. You tell somebody, for I am not ashamed of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because Jesus died for us and, and he didn't stay dead. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Run and tell somebody. Proclaim the word of God. There's power in the word because after he said it, didn't nobody harm him. After he spoke the truth, it doesn't say that they attacked him back. So clearly, no one could object to the to the truth. <laughs> Jesus is putting them on trial. He, he accused them. It is written, my house should be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves when you dwell with them. And, and are comfortable with them. It's only a matter of time before them get in them. Uh, birds of the feather flock together. You'll start moving like them. You won't be able to uh, discern a disciple from a demon. You, you'll be like the world. You'll be the world. And when he looks down and he sees the world, he sees sin. So we don't want to be seen as the world. We want to be covered. In the name of Jesus, you you have to open your mouth. You must proclaim. No, if you if God's telling you to do something, and it may be radical, because Jesus is radical, as as they say, as we see, as we read. He turned over the table. That's something no one would do right now. <laughs> you wouldn't go in nobody's church and do that. <laughs> you probably wouldn't even make it that far if you moved too shifty. <laughs> But he goes and he proclaims. And, and once he proclaims the word of God, that it is written, then we see where the proper positioning comes. He, once he cleanses the house and the temple, and then he proclaims the word of God. Okay, we got sanctification, evangelism. Then you must move into the proper position. What position must you be in? Some of us think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. So you must now position yourself in hum humility. You must surrender. You must kneel before the king. Surrender. Surrender your will and put it in his hands. Trust me when I say his will is better than ours. There's benefits to following the Father's will. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, even Jesus had to had to realize it. That's later on in the week, though. <laughs> but we must be willing to position ourselves. When we put ourselves in proper position, then we can see the power of God. Look at this verse. It's, it's the next one. Uh, verse uh, 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. First, you got to cleanse the temple, then declare the word of God, and then you can be healed. Then you can be set free. Um, whatever it is that you're positioning and praying and petitioning of God, maybe he hasn't healed you or answered the prayer because we have not followed the first two requirements. We have not sanctified ourselves, set ourselves apart from the world and been reflections of the word, of the word. And we have not declared the word of God. We have not done any evangelism. I mean, all it takes is one post 
and you've done the will of the Lord. You told somebody about him and, and given them an opportunity to accept him. That's all. Come on. That's what it is. That's what it is. And that's what we should be doing. But many of us don't uh, understand the the function of evangelism. If you want to know more about evangelism, leave me a voice note. I can get that together for us because I think we um, think of it so um, aggressively because we're used to other denominations and how they do evangelism. But we can look at how Jesus said to do evangelism. <laughs> That's what matters to us what Jesus said to do. And, and we can look at that, leave a voice message. But <laughs> when you position yourself, you can come back into the place that was defiled, listen, and get your healing. Once you cleanse yourself, come out from amongst them and, and allow God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit to make you clean again. <laughs> which is what Friday is all about and make you clean again, then you are able to be healed. Ever, listen, woman, listen, man, we can be healed. We can be healed. We can be made whole. We can have peace. We can have understanding. We can have joy. We can have love. We can have grace, mercy, truth everlasting through all generations. We can have it, but we must position ourselves and fulfill his requirements. This is for honors classes right here. <laughs> this is some deep, deep living. And off the back, sanctification. It, it's hard. It's hard to break habits, but it is possible. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. <laughs> Without Christ, we can do nothing. It is because of him that we live, move, and have our being. If he's keeping us alive, even though we disobey, he will certainly keep us alive when we start to listen. <laughs> we might add on some years now. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and position ourselves. Position yourself in the right place around the right people and listening to the right thing. The, the word went forth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And faith was increased. People saw miracles. And then, of course, you know, you got to play defense. You think somebody, you think the enemy want to keep seeing the kingdom unifying? You think the enemy keep wanting to see the kingdom on one accord, new kingdom connections, disciples loving on disciples, disciples making more disciples. No, no, he don't want that. He wants division, but God is a God of order. And it, that's why you may have come against hurdles and obstacles, because as I've said before, the enemy believes in us. The enemy believes in you. He believes that whatever purpose God put on you, that you can accomplish it. And because he believes in you, he's going to try to stop you. He's going to do whatever it takes. That's why when you save that money, when you got that stimulus check, then and suddenly uh, some bill popped up when you were trying to buy new equipment for your business. This is part of your discipleship. But just know that God is with you every step of the way where there is a will. There is a way. He <laughs> trusts God's will because Jesus is the way. 
Glory to God. So listen, <laughs> listen, we're in verse 15. Now they see these people getting healed. Okay, yeah, he flipped over the tables, but he blessed the people. Now, you mad at him messing up the building, but he's blessing the people. <laughs> and verse 15 says, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. It's always some haters. They were sore displeased. They were upset. Now, remember, they told him on yesterday to silence the disciples. He said no, because the Reichs would cry out. Now, here they are. They see him blessing. And now the children, the children are crying. And the children are proclaiming. And the children are professing that Jesus is Hosanna. The one who saves. And now they like, uh-uh, no, no. Mm -mm. No, nah, he done told up the church and now the kids is listening. The kids gonna make a, make a, they done made a song out of it. It's just like how all our kids make a dance out of something. They done made a song out of it and they won't stop singing and they won't stop crying. Oh my goodness. Uh, we got to do something about this guy. <laughs> They feel in some kind of way. They were sore displeased. It vexed their soul. They were irritated with Jesus. Like, look, first he come in on this donkey. Then he over here turning over the money changers. And now he talking about, now he healing people. And now they like him. Oh no, they like him more than us. They listening to what he's saying. And so they are mad. They having a mad Monday, <laughs> but Jesus is having a Messiah Monday. He's being able to proclaim and to retake the church as the cornerstone, as the head, as the husband to the wife of the, the wife of the church. That's who we are. He's come to stake claim for who he is and, and to heal the people and the religious folk. They are upset. And so you must be willing to defend because when they are sore displeased, you know, they are always talking. Verse 16, and said unto him, hearest thou what these say? Like, do you hear these kids? You hear these kids crying and worshiping you? And Jesus saith unto them, yea, <laughs> have ye never read? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. So once again, they say for him to do something, or they're like, don't you hear these kids and all of this? And she's just like, yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, haven't you ever read? Like now he goes back to it is written. Haven't you ever read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. That's why it's so beautiful when you can see the children worshiping and praising God. And, and don't tell them kids to quit praising the Lord. You have no idea what they are going through. They trying to live in a pandemic and they depending on you. And you know exactly how you are surviving. So, hey, 
<laughs> give them a break. Let them say hallelujah, praise the Lord. It might be looking like they playing, but their spirit is praising them in spirit and in truth. That's perfected praise. That's how uh, a little kid can speak into your life and prophesy. And, and what we say, this kid done been here before. How you know that? Who told you that? Look, perfected praise. <laughs> Let the children praise the Lord. That's real children's church when we don't quiet them. We don't silence them. We don't blind them with the tablet. Let them hear the word of God. Take them headphones off of them in church. Let them hear the word of God. Let he who have an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. You can always defend yourself from the enemy with the word of God, because after he had told them what was written, haven't you ever read? Haven't you ever heard? <laughs> Listen, first he challenged uh, that it was written. Don't you read your Bible is what he basically was saying to them. Don't you read your Bible? Haven't you ever read? <laughs> Can you read? <laughs> Jesus, his clap back was so sophisticated and I thank him for it because he was willing to do whatever it took for the kingdom and we disciples must fulfill the requirements. We must have sanctification and evangelism and don't forget about proper position. Position yourself in the right place around the right people with the right type of talk and defend the kingdom by any means necessary. Haven't you heard? <laughs> I love you all. We will continue down Holy Week because Tuesday, mm -mm. Mm -mm. come back for Tuesday. <laughs> oh, what a Tuesday it was. I see you all. Go forth, be great in God and walk in your purpose. Hey, Street Disciples, want to know how you can get connected and stay connected? It's so simple. Get connected, follow, favorite, and subscribe to this show. Get the first notifications of the latest episodes. Stay connected. Like our Facebook page and join the private group. You'll know you're in the right place because it has the same graphic as the podcast. Here you can comment on weekly discussions and I'll do some lives and there's daily encouragement. And get a sneak peek of up and coming events and episodes. Listen, last but not least, you can definitely leave me a voice message. I'll answer whether it's a prayer request or you got an idea for an episode. You want to be a guest on the show. You got music for the show or you want me to be a guest on your show. Let's do it. It's all about the kingdom connection and kingdom building. We're doing big things in the kingdom. Come on, let's go.